0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rince Rinse podcast, volume 8, issue 367. It's Doom! We return to the world of Doom. This is the 2016 game, but you can play along with the show. We have some other types of games coming up that don't involve ripping demons limb from limb. They include Persona 5, Disney's Aladdin. We're going to cover both the Mega Drive and the Super Famicom or SNES versions in that show. Following that, we return to the original Ape Escape on the original PlayStation. After that, it's whatever version you like of Monkey Island 2, LeChuck's Revenge. It's been many years since we sailed around Melee Island. And after that, it is an 8-bit show where Jesse Fuchs and some other folks and I will talk about Paradroid and Paradroid 90 from a long, long time ago. Canarince.com is the place to find the full schedule and links to everything else we do. You could also get the show a week earlier than non-subscribers, and often in extended form. For instance, recently, our Final Fantasy IX podcast, if you subscribe for just a dollar a month, you'd have had an extra 42 minutes of discussion about that particular game, and that is unlocked with just a dollar a month. One US dollar, under ATP, under 0.9 of a euro. Patreon.com slash you also get some other bonus goodies. We also have a PayPal button on the homepage if you want to just uh, chuck us a tip. And, as if we didn't do enough with this show, we do three other podcasts these days. Subscribe and listen and rate and review Sound of Play on Wednesdays, Playwright on Thursdays and The Sausage Factory on Fridays. Wherever you get your podcasts from, especially if it's Apple Podcasts or iTunes, you can leave us a review and a rating, that really helps. Wherever you get your media though, whatever systems they allow you to interact with, Follow us as well, of course, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Now, joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 367, are Jacob Geller. The road to hell is paved with Argent energy. Good. Good <laughs> voice. I was worried that you were going to attempt, like, the, uh, the, the, the the Hayden voice, and I was thinking, I don't think Jacob's voice oh, is up no, to Oh, no, I
1: know my range. <laughs> John Salmon. Hello.
0: <laughs> and Carl Moon. Hey, guys. I was waiting for somebody to attempt the, (laughs) you know, that voice. Um, I can't do that Uh, either. Yeah. Welcome. So previously on Cana Rince, we covered Doom and Doom 2, Hell on Earth. That was back in Volume 5, Issue 211. That was in, it's almost like we planned this thing, March 2016. We arranged for our last Doom podcast to come out when the Doom game that we're covering today was being released. We also covered Doom 3 in Volume 5, Issue 215. That was in April 2016. So head over to canerince.com and seek those out. If you haven't heard them already, they'll also give you a good sort of grounding on what is Doom, as if you didn't know. I suspect you know, but maybe you don't. We'll also issue a spoiler warning again, which seems fairly redundant for a number of reasons, but just in case, there it is. We might spoil the game in some way. Uh, This, of course, is an id Software game. I suppose maybe they could have handed over the reins or or passed it off to a second party in the way that they have done with some of their other historical uh, first-person shooters. Both Wolfenstein and Quake have ended up being, had had games developed by non-first-party id, I believe, I'm right in thinking. Um, But Doom remains fully id. Now, we could probably do a two-hour show on just the development of this game, but we're not going to do that at all. However, it is worth saying that this was originally kind of in the works as Doom 4, which would have made sense. As it turns out, it became Doom, which is effectively a soft reboot. Co-directors on the project, the main man, appears to be uh, Marty Stratton, who is actually a former employee of Adeline Software, which is a, a French company subsidiary of Delphine worked on things like Hyperblade and Muppet Treasure Island and Time Commando and even Little Big Adventure 2 back then came over to id came over to id for Quake 2 and uh, and has since worked on a number of uh, games in the key id franchises and is uh, back on board for the uh, forthcoming Doom Eternal as well Uh, The co-director is Hugo Martin, who's actually probably most prominent credit prior to this was not a video game, but working in the art department on the Guillermo del Toro uh, mech versus kaiju movie Pacific Rim. Um, So I think he had something to do with the sort of uh, the visual design and the narrative as well. Uh, Struggling to create a narrative style for gamers already well seasoned by the Doom franchise and a gaming market saturated with first person shooters, Creators Marty Stratton and Hugo Martin have largely credited The Last Boy Scout, the 1991 film uh, released in a 90s film market similarly saturated with buddy cop action movies, which inspired the game's self-aware tone and style. What a curious uh, nod that one is. But actually, Adam Gascoigne is the writer. Uh, the game is on running on e- e- <laughs> Engine Id Tech 6, for those that keep count and the game was released as we know in May 2016 just after the Kane Rince podcast on the previous games yeah they planned it uh, the switch version came out uh, about a year and a half later in November 2017 converted by the experts at panic button uh, dusk versus tweak from the forum on the pc version says doom is one of the games that made me want to upgrade from my laptop to a real gaming pc and boy was it worth it the game reviewed I think it's one of those games where as healthy as the reviews are an average of 87% across 87 reviews for the three early original you know PC PS4 and Xbox 1 versions it almost felt like the word of mouth was more positive yeah. than the written mm-hmm. reviews. Uh I'm not sure how or why that comes to pass sometimes but but there it is. The Bethesda effect. Could be yes was this was this the first of or one of the first of the games where they only uh put the review copies out on the day of release.
2: I believe this was the first.
0: The first. Okay. Did, so that could have did had they an not effect.
2: Do Fallout 4 in the same way. They they do all their games the same way now. Um
3: Yeah, but Fallout 4 was prior to Doom. Maybe. I'm not sure I thought Fallout 4 mm. was
2: beforehand, but I know that with Doom there was a lot of reservation about um yeah. no one was getting it. I think they were quite choosy about who got it on Fallout 4 and I think they decided to go across the board with doom that mm. no one was getting a copy
0: of course it will have an effect on the way that you review things especially if you, you if you're reviewing professionally and you've got an editor saying this game is out now you have to review it uh yeah. now <laughs> it's not necessarily going to be the most conducive uh way to enjoy and appreciate a game and actually i think i know quite a few people who started this game or played the demo and weren't overly enamored with the early stages and. Found that it really got into its stride some hours in so if there were any reviews that were submitted too early uh, it may be that people hadn't quite got the swing of it but that said 87 percent you know it's hardly uh, hardly to be sniffed at <coughs> um the switch version which uh, obviously is uh, technically less proficient than even perhaps the vanilla xbox one version they've made a lot of cuts although they've also um you know done some some minor miracles in the coding Um, reviewed 80, just over 80% from 35 reviews. Sean S. Thomas from the Forum, the Cana Rin, says, I played Doom 2016 on Switch and spent many commutes slightly struggling with the controls until I could get home and play it with a pro controller, but equally marvelling that I was playing a game of this ilk on a portable device. And it is quite something if you say, I know obviously time has gone past, but if you look at Doom running on the Switch next to, say, the original Doom running on a Game Boy Advance less than 20 years ago and it is it can be a little bit mind-blowing i think for those of us who who remember uh, the game sold in physical numbers at least uh, just under three million on ps4 one and a half million on xbox one and apparently just under half a million on switch but those are physical sales only don't know what the digital sales are the game is also on game pass so a lot more people will have played it hasn't yet come to either games with gold or ps plus but i wouldn't rule it out don't know if bethesda have they done much of that i'm not sure um, can't think off the top of my head awards and accolades uh, at the game awards uh, it won doom won best music and sound design best action game was also nominated for game of the year and game direction but didn't win there's also a, a, a slew of other awards that it was nominated for and a few others it won as well so yeah the consensus was generally overall positive but let's think back to three years ago Jacob, were you anticipating this one? Did you buy it day one? And I'm also interested in just how much have you played it?
1: (laughs) Well, so this is an interesting one I can talk about. uh, Much like the Wolfenstein episode, I wasn't even born when the original Doom came out, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. I I don't have <laughs> Is that becoming same... a
0: take-a-drink moment, I think?
1: <laughs> yes, every time I mention that I'm young. Um, so I didn't have a, a huge amount of, like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't attached to the series beforehand, and I wasn't even that excited a couple weeks pre-launch, but I think when I saw it in action as opposed to kind of the E3 scripted demos, I just really got a, got a hankering for, like, a, a good, straightforward first-person shooter. And so I think I did buy it, like, on day one, even though I wasn't really, you know, hyping it up particularly beforehand. Um, and I have gone on to play it for many, many, many hours. It's one of those games that never gets uninstalled for my computer, and so it, it just sits near the top in my little category that's called just kill things and i think to date i've put in about 75 hours on it and we will talk about the distribution of those hours (laughs) in the coming episode excellent
3: john this is really weird actually because i've i've been sitting here thinking i i don't think it's going to come as much of a surprise to say that i really like this game and i was a huge huge fan of all of the previous doom games when the the very original and Doom 2 and all of the nonsense that went around them for probably the about five years in the 90s was very, very seminal in me uh, getting into video games and getting into trying to play things online and stuff. So I should have been really, really excited for this. But there was a period before it came out for, I guess, maybe the year or so before it came out where there was all the, all the press about it and E3 showings and all of that. And actually looking back i'm not i'm not entirely sure that i was particularly keen on a lot of the stuff that i was seeing like i i vaguely remember them showing off the multiplayer a lot which in my head i was thinking oh i don't really want a multiplayer game out of a doom i want a really meaty single player campaign and this was coming off the back of playing wolfenstein the new order i think so i was probably more hoping for a reboot in that sense instead of something that they were focusing multiplayer and other modes and I very clearly remember one demo where it was showing off. I think there was some single player sections and doing glory kills and using the chainsaw to to kill things and seeing like all of the suddenly like a bright flash of you know blue uh, health pickups spurting of out of an enemy. Yeah. I kind of looked at it and was like. That doesn't look like what I'd expect out of a Doom game. That looks like mm. something you'd see in Borderlands or something like that. And I think I was initially quite dismissive of it, um, just because it didn't, if, uh, it didn't fit whatever in my head I, I was thinking I wanted or expected a, a new Doom reboot to be. Um, and then obviously it came out, and I hadn't, I hadn't sort of picked it up on day one, hadn't pre-ordered it. I think I sat on it for a little while and waited until various reviews and things I think I probably picked it up when it had like a you know a decent sale in the summer and played bits and pieces of it but got through actually pretty slowly um I think it took me maybe about a year before I'd even gone through the entire campaign on it which is really odd but it's something that I do just kind of I'll buy things and then sit on them because there's a billion other things going on um And I kind of, I just don't care about that zeitgeist period that a lot of people talk about very highly with most games. So I remember I just sort of sat on it for a while. I played through it. I think I was going to play through it again. And then there was talk about the Xbox One X coming out and there was going to be sort of mega texture style upgrades to it. And I was kind of considering getting an X, but not really. So I sat on it for a little while thinking, well, I'll I'll play through it again after I've bought the X because it will look nicer and it just it just kind of took me a while to to fully experience it but I mean I I certainly have done now like I've played a decent chunk of the multiplayer surprisingly mm. for something I was incredibly dismissive of initially I've played quite a lot of the snap map things I've messed about with the arcade mode and I think I've gone through the campaign like three times so I mean it certainly had my had my attention but It just feels weird to think back and remember that I didn't really care initially.
0: Ah, well, sometimes lower expectations can be just what you need to get the most out of something. Carl, I imagine you were looking forward to this more.
2: I was. Um, so as I said earlier, when it by the time it was coming round to be retail, I was I had an opening in my gaming schedule where I Mm. needed something that wasn't going to require a lot of concentration wasn't going to be heavy on story that kind of you know pick up and play um you know you you can pick up whenever you needed my only concern was that it was being advertised as a multiplayer game uh predominantly this is what yeah. we were we were hearing the talk of multiplayer this multiplayer that hmm. um we'd, we'd heard about snap map but um predominantly it was it was going to be like a, a multiplayer shooter and i was like well at one point i wasn't even sure if there was still a single player campaign in there but when i'd actually read that it was still going to be in the game i decided that i, I really wanted it i was going to pick it up at launch and give it a chance um primarily because it was doom i thought if it clicks with me fantastic if it doesn't no big no big loss kind of thing uh, i just wanted to give it a go and it, it was it was kind of a, a strange thing because i came around on it really quite quickly um before before buying it and then as i was playing it the shooting felt great you know graphically it looked good it was quick and i was like hang on why weren't they talking about this why weren't they talking about this element of the game the single player the story going through the aggression the, the the raw you know ultra violence or whatever you want to call uh the the artistic style that they've gone for and it was i I, just, I couldn't comprehend how they thought they were going to sell this game on multiplayer first um and and i i'm still a bit confused about that now because <laughs> as much as i do like the multiplayer i don't love it i like it it's the kind of thing i'll uh, watch TV as I play, switch off, play an hour here, hour there, kind of thing, and and you do level up quick. And we'll talk about the multiplayer later on, I'm sure. Um, but that was never the way that they should have sold this game, and and we've obviously seen from from other games, uh, Wolfenstein, a prime example that you can actually sell a shooter on being first person, um, first and foremost. So um, thank God they actually did put uh, the sort of the real time and effort to create a single player story mode in, in, in Doom. Um, but yeah, as, as it was kind of about 20 minutes of playtime before I realised that Doom was going to be the kind of thing that I was going to really enjoy playing.
0: It's interesting because uh, I came to this knowing virtually nothing of anything about the snap map or multiplayer whatsoever. I, I tend to avoid too much coverage and build up about games and I tend to really only start uh, with, with exceptions depending on certain... You know there are certain developers or certain franchises that i might keep an eye on but generally i'll keep fairly distant from these things so uh i really only started hearing a lot of good things about this once it had come out and the word of mouth and the buzz started to build from people having hands-on i ended up getting it not at launch but for my birthday which was a few months uh, at least a month or two after uh, i ended up playing it through on just on the default difficulty settings on ps4 then I think I got my PS4 Pro that year. I think it was that when that console launched um, and then I, I reinstalled it and did some more on that and uh, started playing the arcade mode as well. And since then, uh, i got an Xbox One X and I've been replaying it for this show on that on Game Pass uh, and I've nearly finished it again, but I've nearly done everything this time. But again, just on the default settings. Um, but I'll talk more about that as we go along. Steve Aran from the Cana Forum says Doom 2016 hit me at just the right time in my life just as the original did all those years ago I was living abroad it was the middle of winter and I had just lost my job I needed something to let the emotion out which didn't involve substance abuse or hitting someone preferably my old boss downloading Doom I was elated that the speed of the original had been retained and that the violence had been dialed up to 11. I spent that weekend blasting the hell out of every demon that crossed my path like the unstoppable badass I wanted to be. It was the perfect antidote to the feeling of impotence that had cloaked me since being made unemployed in an unfamiliar country. Doom hits the spots that other shooters can't reach, but all of the most recent COD's near-future techno-blustering, you are still just a soldier facing terrifying odds. In Doom, the reverse is true. You are no mere soldier. The worst that hell can muster is terrified of you, and if that's not the ultimate power fantasy, then I don't know what is. Thanks, Steve. So, yes, here we are again. The scenario and setting is essentially, give or take, minor details identical to that of both the original Doom and Doom 3. Uh, <laughs> does anyone want to say anything else about uh, the storytelling, the cast, the performances, the way that the this particular telling of the doom tale the link between hell and mars and scientific experiments gone wrong is told i suppose to start us off the one thing i did want to say is that although the story is nonsense and famously the the uh, your your avatar the protagonist is quite dismissive of the story i think it's told very economically apart from a couple of frustrating moments where you are locked into a scene and you're given a bit of exposition while unable to move they use just six pretty much just uh six key voice actors for the entire thing i think the performances are really strong given the sort of the nonsense that they're given to work with the the scripting is actually not bad uh, and the performances are decent so um yeah, yeah i i think it's it's if you're going to tell a doom story i think they they kind of they did it with some aplomb
2: it, it's ridiculous to try and make a story out of something like Doom, but this hacks back to exactly what we said about Wolfenstein, and that man that managed to do it incredibly mm. well. Good um, point. I almost like the way that you know Doom Guy or Avatar is so dismissive of it. It's be you don't know why you're doing this in the game, and neither does your character, and it's kind of funny if you look back at it from like a third person you feel like you should probably know. But all you know is that you're there to cause chaos and stop hell um, and 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 cause carnage. And I, I think the fact that the story is told around that made me enjoy it more. The characters are actually semi-interesting for me, um, as well as the little collectible data packet things that you pick up that actually fill in gaps in the story. They're actually mm-hmm. quite well-written. They're actually quite interesting to read about in it. It goes into quite a lot of depth about the characters and their histories, and um, the environments the, the, as well, the, the weapon Monsters. types and the environments, um, and how not just what they are, but sometimes how they came about. Uh, and, and it's something that I actually read through everything for every weapon, every monster, every environment and stuff, um, and and I felt like everything had a purpose, as nuts as that is, for how wild uh, and wacky the story is. Um, it all felt kind of grounded in a. a a strange hybrid of a realistic chance of things happening and obviously complete fantasy. For me, I can understand why people wouldn't think much of it, but I actually quite like that. I like the idea that I could just go and stomp through these environments um, and and sort of read about it after the fact.
1: Well, that's, uh, that's funny because I was never even tempted to read any single one of those i i loved that in the in the first 5 minutes of the game someone starts talking to you on a screen and then you pick up the screen and throw it against a wall and walk out before he's done talking and that for me was license to just not give a single uh swear word about about anything that happened in the story other than killing because it felt like from the get-go it was telling you this is how your character feels and so for you to play through as a mindless killer you are actually living in the headspace of of the doomslayer. um And so I think for the most part that it was just a a brilliantly executed kind of mechanism where if you wanted story, if you wanted to read this stuff, you totally could. But for, you know, me and everyone else who just wanted to, to shoot through some demons, it told you immediately, great, like you just go do that and don't worry about anything else.
3: I quite enjoyed some of the like little environmental storytelling aspects of it. On top of all of that, like you, you'll find you know sort of writings on a whiteboard in a room or posters yeah. on a wall saying things like, "We need volunteers to join like the Mancubus program." It's like, wow, they're they're actually pulling people out of this base here to to try and turn them into the monsters. And just seeing little things like that was one of the real standouts for me. Yeah,
0: there's a yeah. lot of stuff here that obviously we've. We've gotten very used to over the, the the years, you know. If you if you go back to Half Life as being the kind of this uh, the start of first person games, telling, um trying to tell more of a story. Actually, not such a different story to this one in in many ways. And go, you know, following it all the way through through Doom three and Bioshock and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff here that we would have been absolutely amazed by in that regard some years ago. But here it's all kind. Of, you know, we're we're very accustomed to the the tropes of it but yes for all that i don't think it's um it's certainly not it's certainly not embarrassingly delivered i want to shout out to uh i guess the three main voice actors abby Craydon who plays olivia pierce i think she's really good kevin Schoen plays vega Uh, and the voice you hear the most is darren de paul as samuel hayden he also does additional as they all all the main cast also do additional voices Samuel Hayden. I mean, there's there's this fantastic electronic treatment on his voice, which really I think adds a lot yes. of atmosphere to it. But um, to to give him his due, he's the guy. He plays J Jonas J Jonah Jameson in last year's Marvel Spider-Man. He plays Reinhardt in Overwatch, and he's <laughs> uh, currently the voice of Sin in the DC Shazam movie as well, which is I think possibly their most uh, positively received film uh, yet. So, I mean, I've not
2: seen Shazam, but. What I can say is that J. John Jameson in Spider Man and Reinhardt in Overwatch are also very well voice acted.
0: Uh, yeah, I think um, it at least does uh, as if just going from level to level and shooting demons wasn't enough. Back in the days of the original Doom, I think it, there, there's just enough kind of urgency in the in what the even if the people are saying go from point A to point B and smash thing C and then come back to point B, even if they they might as well just be saying those things, the fact that it's delivered with kind of um, gravitas and or maybe that's not the right word but enough kind of intent and um and skill to make you feel like you care um it's enough but of course for many of us you're just going just bring on the next room of demons uh, i hate numbers 23 from the forum says the doomslayer himself throws up a gigantic middle finger to some of modern gaming sensibilities about storytelling a high tech irreplaceable gizmo that needs to be treated carefully thwonk some gibberish about argent energy Do go away, I have demons to shoot. The Doomslayer doesn't care about the story, and you don't need to either. The plot as presented isn't all that memorable either. All I remember is the existence of an outwardly friendly malevolent corporate culture, the exploitation of hell power, and some robot guy with a sword. I normally pay attention to this kind of stuff, but as any proper Doomslayer roleplayer would, I just didn't. Kill demons. Done.
1: I think we should talk about the the moment that you're destroying those kind of like energy (laughs) accumulators or cleansers is probably the most memorable like story moment for me just because it is so not what you typically do as a video game protagonist where, where you have these these sources of endless energy and the kind of like your your commander is screaming in your ear like Don't destroy those. They're very important, and you're just like putting your boot through them. It's it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, as 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 our correspondent there says. uh, It's partly sort of uh, throwing throwing shade on other video games, but uh, but also yeah, it's doing it in a in a humorous way for sure. Let's talk about those visuals. Uh, Doom has long since been known and, and id for you know raising the bar with with graphics i think it's fair to say the original doom did that doom 3 did it in some ways as well i wouldn't say that this game does raise the bar in in that many ways but what it does do i think for me is present a very you know it's incredibly vivid and bold and bright there's very few scenes where i would say the environments are like actively as kind of beautiful or spectacular as other games mm. but the overall environments are, you know, atmospheric and engaging. And I think the color palette is sensational. The monsters yes. as well, I think, have some pretty sensational animations. Um, but overall, I'd say it's it's a weird one because it's, it's a game that, as I say, I've played on the PS4, the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. And each time it's looked, you know, it's looked and performed a little bit better. But at, at no point have I ever thought, you know, this is the game that I would show to somebody to show where we are at with graphics now. But having said that, because there are the bits where you can unlock classic doom areas the way that you can go into 1993 doom through a hole in the wall basically and come when you come back out like that 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 sort of walking back out from these incredibly blocky low-res textures back into the world you it is a it's a—it's—it's slightly breathtaking every time because we do get you know we do get a bit passe about a bit blase i should say about modern graphics and um and I, yeah, I mean, I think these are very attractive, but perhaps yeah not 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 a game that you would say perhaps moved things on in the same way that its predecessors have, or am I being unfair
2: no I, I think that's I think it's fair it, it when it came out and and it seems so strange to say when it came out, like it was a long time ago, three years um, yeah. but it was really. Consistent. What I would say is that the engine was built to be consistent first and pretty second. So the speed of movement and the aggression in the combat and always having sort of options or obstacles in the environment to go around. I mean, there are obviously a few corridors, linking areas, but we do get, and it is a continual run of kill rooms. That is essentially what Doom is. So, you progress through a couple of corridors, you get to an area, and those areas where you have the combat are generally quite interesting. And I think that building the game around that first was the right decision because the actual feel of the game far outweighs how the game looks. That said, I am a huge fan of the big, chunky art style that the Bethesda published games generally go for. So, Doom, Wolfenstein, Prey um dishonored all have these um slightly surreal larger chunky graphics yeah. and yeah. and they are to my tastes you know and and you mm. you're right leon when you go into the old environment and the very first one you see you come or actually sorry to lie i think it's the second one you see mm. um because the first one you're still on the outside but you you come into like a, a, a refinery and there's molten liquid being poured that's glowing bright yellow and you've got the dark rusty pipes and the red lighting coming through and for that second i stopped looked and thought this is actually a really pretty game
0: jacob so you you obviously you are familiar with older games and you've played you probably even played some classic doom in your time but you weren't around when those graphics were state-of-the-art and believe me Doom, when I played it on the PS1 oh, yeah. in 1995, was incredible. Um, it still looked absolutely fantastic. So, obviously, you don't have that necessarily that same relationship with the with the graphics of the original. But as somebody who plays a lot of modern games, how do you feel Doom looks? Do you like it aesthetically, and do you think technically it's a, it's an impressive piece?
1: I think I think it looks really good in kind of the the little effects that they have like every time you pick up a weapon and it does the like really close depth of field and it just shows like all the little like blemishes and marks on Mm. that weapon and whatever um and because because josh isn't here i'll i'll do my part talking about the animation the animation in this game is stunning i mean i remember in the in the first room where you're just fighting a bunch of imps seeing an imp running in one direction like looking over its shoulder and tossing a fireball all kind of like seamlessly Mm. is just just really impressive and there are some really good GDC talks that the developers have done about all the different kind of simultaneous animation systems they have going on which kind of ensures that like the demons are always kind of looking at you even if their their kind of body is pointed in different directions and the way they blend like the twitch and the stun animations into each other i think that um a lot of us remember rage as a game that like wasn't particularly good but had really good enemy animations and this is really just like the next level of that where Mm -hmm. the way that everything moves in this game is just phenomenal and it's all happening so quickly that maybe you know like when you get into the more crowded arenas you don't even stop to think about it but like Everything is really clearly telegraphed, you know what's going to happen, and yet at the same time, they feel like they're moving like real creatures, and that's just very, very impressive to me.
3: When you bear in mind the fact that there are, or how many different types of enemies are there in this? Twelve, maybe?
0: And variants.
3: Sort of early teens? I mean, it's, it's worth thinking, you know, there's, so you say imps, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of imps throughout the campaign but they are all essentially the same thing you're seeing the same creature that has the same set of attacks and the same animations yeah. i think it it um it says a lot that i never really played through it and thought oh this kind of sucks that there's only this different number yeah. of enemy types because they all they do seem to play differently when you have different mixtures of enemies together and they come at you in different ways um as you say they I, I thought the the imps kind of throwing the fireball over their over their shoulder was absolutely masterful in the way that they'll they'll sort of jump on a wall and cling on a wall like a spider and sort of one hand comes off and they throw stuff at you they you sort of mantle up and down things um but the other thing that is is very notable with the animations is each of the enemy types has a set of very distinctive glory kills on them um yeah. And I think it's the game makes a point of uh showing you I think the very first level that has the challenges in it, which I think is the second level. One of the challenges is to get five different types of glory kill mm-hmm. on either the the imps or the the soldiers and I remember seeing that and thinking, what do you mean five different types I mean are there even five different ones, and you kind of you realize, yeah. okay, well, if I stand in front of this guy while he's flashing and press the glory kill button it will do a completely different animation than if i stand behind or if i like crouch down and focus on one wall. of his legs or yeah or next to a wall or in the air as you're jumping and stuff it's it's amazing that they've put that many like combinations of these little details in there given that yeah like i say you, there's generally like the um the environments like i found um the levels that are set in hell uh, I found lots of that looked very, very similar. Any anywhere where you go outside, it kind of just has a like a standard look to it. But I think they they mix things up in a way that although you are doing a lot of the same thing over and over and over, it never really felt like that to me, or felt like it was getting tedious or boring. Um, and it's also another consideration is there's, there's two very different ways to play this game, and I've I've done both, and one of them is. What you're saying about you move very quickly through the environments you are really just running down a corridor until you reach a a larger room that has a you know basically a an extended sort of combat period with enemies warping in and they use the the combination of like the gore nests which are effectively like enemy spawning points and the they kind of the in-world explanation is like oh the base has detected that there's a overly high demonic presence in this area. You know, we're going on lockdown until it's been reduced. So it sort of just funnels you into an area, locks the room down, puts a load of um, uh, items and pickups and things in there, and then just funnels enemies in until it considers that you've, you've I guess, had your fun with them and killed enough. Uh, and it's very easy to just run through, go through the corridors, get to the combat room, go through the next corridor, do that but the the other thing that they do is they put every single level has probably 12 to 15 uh collectibles through a combination of um just secrets and little little hidden areas that often will have like a, a you know a weapon that you might not have found yet or a, a you know a mega health pack or something very similar to how they do it in the the original game and then there's all these upgrade materials that you find as well that upgrade your health and your armor and uh, upgrade weapons if you find them and to find a lot of these things you can pull up a map on the HUD and it's it's surprising when you pull these things up actually how huge and ridiculous the yeah. size of the levels are um, and if you're if you're going after these collectibles and trying to find things which ultimately will make the game a lot easier because you do get lots of upgrades to various different skills and, and capabilities and like I say lots of different weapon upgrades and stuff You'll find funny little hidden passages and hidden switches that open doors and you realize you can like jump up into the vent work in this corridor where you can maybe if you're paying very close attention you just about see it but the game at the same time feels like what it really wants you to do is just just run and you you would miss these things. And I found just playing I played about the first six or seven levels yesterday the two levels I think at the very beginning where I was consciously trying to find pickups, you know, and spending a bit of time on it, I just went and you know it was like, oh, there's a pole on the side of the wall there. That must lead to something, go and have a look. Well you can see that there's a room that you haven't been able to get into. So there must be some hidden way through events somewhere yeah. to do it. And I I did these levels and got a lot, if not all of the collectibles and stuff on them, and spent a long time on it. And then I consciously thought, I think on the fourth level, I'm just going to kind of play this as it wants me to, like pull up the um, like the mission thing. When you press down on the D-pad, it shows you like where your objective is and just go to that each time when I can see mm. where it wants me to go, just go there. And consequently, I went through that level in almost no time at all and found, I think, maybe three of the things that were right on the critical path out of the... 10 to 15 that were actually there and it felt so different doing it like that it was such a different experience just running compared to actually looking around at things and I think you can miss a huge amount of the the detail that's been put into this and it's easy to say oh it's just kind of you know big dumb run and gun fun just going through it and you do miss a lot of what the little touches that I think there's someone here has put a huge amount of time into creating these levels
0: yeah the original game was uh, stuffed with secrets i still whenever i go back to the early doom games i still miss more secrets than i find because they're yeah. some of them are so well squirreled away this game because it's a 2016 game gives you a lot more helping hands at finding these secrets it basically gives you clues and devices to find them and puts them on the map and and all these uh all these extra little ways but yeah, both times I've played through this game, I've had, I would say I've had equal as much fun playing the the finding things and uh, levelling up the sort of the, the meta game of the RPG and the sneaking around the, the secret bits of the levels as I have the actual, the fighting of the, the demons in the combat rooms. I think they, they complement each other beautifully.
2: I, I think it's important to mention the two different ways of playing here, because even when I was going through all those collectibles and taking over an hour a level and stuff, I was having such a good time. And finding that thing just that pops up, secret found. Mm. It was actually rewarding for a change in a game that I have found a secret area here. And you see it on the 3D map, you, you download the map so you can see where all the collectibles are. But it's still not easy to find how to get to that collectible. And that's that's one of the challenges that I really yeah. appreciated.
0: It really reminded me, actually, and and this is a high compliment as far as I'm concerned. It reminded me of Metroid Prime, the first one. Yes. Uh, The the, the 3D map navigation. Actually, the 3D map here is a lot more usable than that one, although it does have a slightly unfortunate habit of resetting its position uh, to a certain height when you're trying to locate something on a certain level and you have to keep zooming in and out but it's a minor quibble really but yeah absolutely uh I, I did at times get real strong metroid prime vibes from this game as a whole actually even though it takes a very different much more you know yes. obviously gore festy attempt you know kind of interpretation of sci-fi but actually the, the the atmosphere of climbing around an alien base in a a hostile environment in a special suit with loads of upgrades yeah totally Um, A weird spiritual successor. I know a lot of people said sort of that they got Metroid Prime vibes from Halo 4, but I got them way more from Doom, weirdly. Definitely, uh, yeah. I would agree with that. Odd one. Jack the Blue Mage from the forum says, as someone lacking state-of-the-art hardware, I greatly appreciated how well optimised this game was on PC. There was only one spot in the whole campaign where I noticed a frame rate drop. The flow of the gameplay is essential to this game being as enjoyable as it is, and being able to smoothly go from demon to demon in the game's battle arenas even on suboptimal hardware facilities that uh, for, a, for a broad player base. And I wonder if maybe those, I, I mean, I, I know processing time and loading time is not the same thing, but I do wonder if the load times and uh, the the sort of disruption outside of the game does in some way, is in, in some way uh, sort of, is, can we make allowances because the in game, once you're in, it's so slick and seamless and smooth and, as a correspondent says optimized for even weaker hardware and yes this does run maybe not as well but it does run on the base xbox one it runs on the base ps4 and it runs albeit uh with uh, i think it's a is it a slower frame rate on the switch is it hard is it 30 frames a second i think but yeah with optimization it can Mm. run it can run on it uh, uh, even on the weaker systems and yet if you have a nice pc obviously you can crank it up to probably insane frame rates and uh, and insane resolutions as well. Ben Blaster from the forum says, As a big fan of the original games, I had some high expectations for this reworking of Doom, and I can happily say it met all of them. Incredible character, monster design, and some of the best gunplay in any game I've ever played. All this easily made uh, Doom my game of the year, and who can forget that soundtrack? I've returned to the game time and time again on higher difficulties, and every time I come away, With a smile on my face i can quite happily say that doom 2016 is one of my favorite games ever so ben blaster mentions the soundtrack Uh, i think the audio is one of my favorite things about the game as well i'm not like a a traditional metal guy i don't i'm not into you know kind of 80s hair metal or anything like that but when it comes to electronic or industrial tinged metal i'm all about it and mick gordon here with uh, apparently some contributions from uh, Richard Devine as well. Um, really, uh, I, we were talking uh, in our uh, Kano Slat channel the other day about playing this game with the sound off and how uh, it definitely loses something, um, keeps the energy up. And I think it was the first time, it wasn't just the game kind of ramped up, but the first time uh, the one of the, the main combat themes, uh, is it? bfg patrol
1: bfg division is the, BF- the real it,
0: good
3: one yeah yeah bfg division uh rip and tear is mm, the other one the first time they I can't remember which is which but
0: yeah but the first time i think it was when i was playing the first time and i was like oh this is cool it's a new doom game it looks nice i'm having fun but then that bfg division kicked in in a particular combat room and i was just like oh my god you know grin grin across my face kind of pulse pounding just like yeah okay i get this and it and it's all and and the key thing is I know we tend to talk talk about things kind of in isolation here, but the rhythm of the music and the rhythm of the combat are so beautifully symbiotic here, I think.
3: Mm. Yeah, I mean, this the conversation on the Slack channel about playing this with the sound off, that was my bad because um, I was just messing about with this yesterday and I thought oh, it would be an opportunity to catch up on a podcast. And I kind of knew before I even started doing it, I was like, this is going to be a bad idea, turning this sound down here is going to drag so much out of the experience, and quite aside from the fact that you don't get all of the little combat cues, and you don't hear that there's obviously a fireball that's been chucked at you from behind your back, uh, or you don't hear the enemies spawning in, it just doesn't work without it being an entire thing, and you know, you want a really nice sound system, you want to turn it up really loud and just completely lose yourself in it, it's such a I don't really know what the word is. It's like a sort of a binaural, like synesthetic experience mm. of just everything works together and you lose that sound and you might as well be playing it with an eye closed Doesn't mean for the, but the, the sort of the handicap that it gives you from not having that.
1: Yeah. There's, um there's a very good series of videos that they put out that Bethesda put out on kind of Mick Gordon creating the soundtrack. And, and one of the things that he talks about is how he kind of, corrupted the audio by getting these like Mm. huge clunky like russian synthesizers that he said he like he didn't even really know what the buttons did but he was just like feeding audio into these and then it comes out and and the soundtrack just has this kind of corroded feeling where it's like everything is this like raw edge you know and it's it feels so kind of primal in the way that that they're kind of going for with this hell theme of like there's been like humans haven't messed with this there haven't been any corners sanded off it's just like lean and cruel and it works so well Uh, i'm not a metal guy at all uh but i will listen to the soundtrack with like Mm. a, a, a pretty pretty decent amount uh because it just it just works so well for what it is
0: one of the interesting things about that for me is that when you go back into the, the retro Doom areas and you get some of the original music... Now, I think we talked about this at the time. I was never a big fan of the original PC soundtrack. I know it's completely iconic to many, but I think because I played the PS1 version, which had that very different, uh, ambient, terrifying ambient soundscape that the Williams version included, I actually always preferred that. Playing this game, I can imagine... Like, I think the actual... Uh, you know sound effects soundscapes diegetic sound and ambient noise is all fantastic as well and i can imagine actually playing this game without the without the music on and it would make for a perhaps a creepier more survival horror experience more like Doom three but as i say i think i would miss that uh the bits where it really ramps up the, the further you get into the game the kill rooms get bigger and more intense and with more waves and bigger uh, enemies and um, and it, and i think it would miss something i noticed also just playing it again that the the stuff on mars is slightly leans towards more, more towards the electronica whereas when you're in hell you've got the more slightly more traditional guitar slightly heavier on the guitar metal and you've got the amazing piece with the choir as well the um the the properly sort of you know and like antichrist sounding religious Um, music as well, which I think is is spine-tingling stuff. Female Pheromones from the forum says, I don't know if it's just because I'm massively into metal music or if everyone feels the same way, but to me, this game has the best soundtrack ever. The music always seems to amp up perfectly along with the action and then quieten down again just the same. I'd never bought a game soundtrack before Doom 2016. Wow. More on the gameplay then. Magical Isopod says doom 2016 is best described as a game where you punch demons in the face a lot and when you punch demons in the face they explode into a magnificent blood fiesta if you run low on ammo you can chainsaw a demon in half for lots of ammo like an ammo piñata if you run low on health you can rip off a demon's leg and practice your golf swing on its face honestly there isn't much more to be said if that doesn't sound fun something like stardew valley might be more your thing speaking of games that are not doom Doom 2016 is kind of like a can of paint, the primer is Doom 1993, but the pigments that add so much colour come in the form of Mirror's Edge parkour and platforming, Unreal Tournament Twitch shooter arenas and power-ups, and Half-Life narrative, where the action almost never stops and the environment itself has a story to tell. If you really think about it, the only vestiges of original Doom are the big open levels with lots of secrets and hidden goodies, and the title itself. Everything else pulls superbly from elements the shooter genre has evolved over 20 plus years of development. But what makes Doom so great is that you can punch demons in the face a lot. It succeeds in its brilliantly stupid simplicity, and while complex and profound narratives are one of the best parts of gaming and games criticism, sometimes you just want to punch a demon in the face. Here here. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh so yes, moving and killing and Combat arenas—we've already touched upon them. I suppose the signature area in a Doom game, in in this Doom game, is a gore nest area. Uh, there are others where doing certain things will trigger the onslaught of waves. But yes, if there if there is one kind of gameplay uh, sequence that you will play over and over again, um, it is the basically kicking something off and then clearing the room out several phases later. So if assuming we're all here because uh, we enjoyed that uh, can we explain to i remember for example jay who will be editing this show he'd only played the demo and i was saying oh doom's amazing once it gets going like and he was like eh, i played the demo it didn't really and i said you know give it a chance and he did and in the end he got into it i believe um how does one explain how would you would you guys? get across to our listeners that there is more to this than just bog standard something that could have happened in 1993 shooting and punching demons in faces as in that is definitely here but what is it that makes people effuse about this game
2: the way that doom 2016 feels for me to play now is how i imagine doom in 1994 Mm. so the um, the imagination that went with exploring those worlds and shooting those demons and feeling encapsulated in uh, a sort of this incredible war for survival, if you will, and um, beating off the hordes of demons. Mm-hmm. In my mind, it looked like this one, so yeah. it feels like the most natural continuation. And it, it's obviously very, very different because you're looking at what twenty-two years, um, and. In the end of the day, running around really fast and shooting demons in the face, um, super aggressively, um, with loud music blaring and banging, and and sixty frames a second graphics is not a bad thing. But I guess in the case with J, as with many things, demos <laughs> almost universally choose the worst part of a game um, oh, yeah. to to showcase uh, its attributes. But there's definitely more to the surface of this game than just the just the shooting it's the feel and 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 how your technique comes into it so this is something that i'm sure that jacob would talk more about um in regards to his experiences with the arcade mode specifically and and mm. you know learning um tricks of the trade uh, uh, and patterns of movement and weapon variations and and combos and stuff do come into it at, at quite a, a level um so it, it you have that thing, and we talk about it on the show all the time about hitting that almost Zen state where you are just doing things, you're flicking between certain kinds of weapons and certain kinds of modes and getting these com come like uh, these combos built up if it's arcade mode or or just absolutely running riot through it. And I was doing it on, I mean I'm I'm not like Jacob and flying through on like a nightmare difficulty, but I am doing it on the one before that. so it's it's hmm. certainly not by any means easy. There's something satisfying to not remembering what happened in the last five minutes. All you realise is that you've just left, just piles of bodies on the wood. of the
0: flesh dissolved. everywhere, you, yeah,
2: yeah, you you know you, you you get what I'm saying, and the idea that you've just absolutely just annihilated this this full level of enemies whilst in that state, it, it, it it's quite addictive, intoxicating. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think um one of the things that contributes to that is that. And one of the reasons that the demo doesn't show off the game well is that uh, Very Doom has one of the kind of tightest sets of weapons I can think of in any game where you have, you know, you're not choosing between, you're not choosing to have like two of nine. You get all your weapons at all times and none of them feel... Like, uh, none of them are redundant. You know, every weapon has, except for the pistol, which is garbage, but every every gun has a very specific purpose and and place to be used, and when you're playing effectively, you will be cycling through all of these probably, I don't know, like, multiple times a second like you know I would I would constantly pull out my super shotgun for two shots and then switch to something and stun them and then switch to a rocket launcher and then do this and you just have so many choices in how you're going to approach this situation that that I think the the flow the flow mindset absolutely comes into like focus here because you're you're just kind of the game demands that you make decisions constantly but those decisions aren't ones that you have to puzzle over for minutes they are split second and so you're just constantly on and constantly you know making these movements and these decisions that will affect your path through the combat arena and and so it's very it's a very smart game but it's smart in the way that like athletes are smart in that they're not figuring out equations but they are like calculating parabolas while they're sprinting down a field well said yeah and and that's just so cool for a game to do
0: yes yeah there's all different kinds of uh thinking and intelligence and uh and brain exercise and and this i think you know you you might broadly describe what you the things you do in doom as lower brain entertainment as in it's you know it's it's more about your animal brain yeah. than your intellectual sentient brain Um, and if you're somebody who likes having that part of your brain stimulated from time to time because maybe everyday life doesn't do it so much because we don't have to you know fight for survival and all those things sometimes a game that really taps into that in such a way is just what the doctor ordered i think john how about you
3: the main thing i think i want to say here is I get a very, very, very similar feeling playing this as how I got in nineteen ninety four or ninety five when I was playing the original Doom. Like, I don't think that there is actually that much apart from Mm. you know twenty plus years and a you know a real upgrade in graphics. Bit more verticality. Yeah, I mean that's one of the main things. The difference is that you can jump. It's it's now (laughs) not a what's the it's not two D is it? But yeah, like that flat thing with like fake verticality. Yeah. But otherwise, like the enemies are all essentially the same. There may be a couple of mm-hmm. extra ones here that weren't in the original games. The weapons are all basically the same. Again, there's one or two here that you didn't get originally. Like the way that you, you move through the areas and you have rooms, say you go into and there's an item on the floor and you go and pick it up and the walls all open and enemies stream in and various different types all come at you in you know in different patterns and different orders and it's a real kind of puzzle of trying to strafe around enemies and trying to catch them in certain ways that you know you can you can sort of build up your weapon to a point where your plasma rifle for example in this one has the the upgrade that allows you to like vent the energy out of it after you've shot a certain number of times so you kind of circle around the enemies firing it off and then run into a group of them and set the uh the the dispersal thing to try and kill as much as possible but uh, the the way that that plays out the way that the secrets and stuff are built into it i think it's incredibly similar with a few necessary upgrades and obviously the rpg system and stuff that's here like points allocation and weapon upgrades is is something that wasn't there in the 90s but otherwise it's remarkably similar in my mind mm. and the feeling of playing it is the same <laughs> essentially yeah. i remember being this excited this was what made me want to spend 8 hours a day playing video games when i was 10 years old
0: do you think the original was scarier though that's the only thing but perhaps that was more the time and my age and our lack of experience of playing 3d scary things
1: yeah uh one of the things that they've kept from the original and even kind of turned up is is there are no hitscan attacks in this game everything is a physical projectile which means Mm. that you're not you're never taking cover you are you are actively dodging things as they come at you and and so it's why it's why movement isn't just fun in this game it's absolutely necessary because if you are standing still you will just be hit but things come slowly enough that you can see it and sidestep it which isn't the case for like you know, a bullet from a gun mm. where it just mm. travels the din- distance instantaneously.
0: Yeah, now that's yeah. a really important point. And it also means that equivalently uh, manually aimed shots across the map are that much more satisfying as well. Mm-hmm. The one thing I would say, I suppose, about the pattern of the combat rooms and the the nature of the AI of the enemies. Now, you can have a real mishmash of all the enemy types in a room, depending on um you know what's warped in and what you've cleared out and what you haven't but um although there is a lot of you know, there, there is as you say moment to moment variety i do find that there is a lot of uh, running away and kiting <laughs> like that is the the um maybe this is just playing on the default difficulty i don't know if you guys have got stories about playing on the harder difficulties but um a fairly safe tactic is usually to sprint round the outside of the room and turn back and uh and attack the things that have been like there's very little um halo style you know sophisticated flanking or anything like that these are these are enemies of hell and they are just jumping at you or trying to stomp you or crush you or charge you there's there's not much sophistication in that respect that maybe some people would be looking for
3: yeah, they're very animalistic in that respect. There's no, you know, throwing a grenade to flush something out of cover right. here. Yeah, Like something's going to be charging
0: at you as you run away from it. Nutraptor from the forum says, I really enjoyed what they did with the enemy designs. Original Doom had such a great menagerie of monsters, each with a clear, distinctive look and offering a different feel of threat. I think Doom 2016 really captured the character of those enemies. They felt like true modern recreations of the classic monsters that I know and love or fear. Much better interpretations of the classic monsters than the travesties that appeared in Doom 3. Uh, I think that's a bit harsh,
3: but <laughs> <laughs> like they were all kind of the same in Doom 3, but yeah, fair enough.
0: T-Bone254 says, As fun as Doom is, my main criticism is that, outside of our initial introduction to Doom's brutal gameplay, the game never has a true wow moment. The levels are huge and aesthetically pleasing, But I couldn't differentiate any particular moment in the game from any other moment. All the game ever does to change each scenario is to add more enemies than the last encounter. There's no change in the dynamic between the enemies and their environment and unfortunately the game starts to get a little stale by the end. By comparison, the Halo series is filled with moments that offers up dynamic variations to its enemy encounters, like the first time you encounter a scarab in Halo 2. Jumping from the overhead catwalk onto the giant walking tank below to slaughter elites as it continues on its path through the city is exhilarating, and it's only it's the only moment like in like in the game. Doom doesn't have this. The core gameplay of move, shoot, melee, heal is on point, and it's good enough to keep Doom entertaining the entirety of its campaign. But it's not enough to elevate it out of becoming routine. Any thoughts on that? Sort of what we were saying before.
2: Yeah. I kind of agree, and that's mm-hmm. it, it. When you say that, it sounds like it's really negative towards Doom, but uh, all things have peaks and troughs. Don't, they? Yeah. and the troughs allow you to appreciate the peaks more. Sure, this game, if if a game is all peak, it ultimately looks flat because it mm. becomes the norm. Mm. And this game's norm is way beyond most other shooters' norm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, it, it it doesn't have sort of the troughs that we we see with other games. So maybe you you stop appreciating what is so good about it.
0: <laughs> I like the way you've re uh, reperspective that negative comment. That's very cool.
1: <laughs> I think I think that it's also uh some of the story moments or or non combat moments work as those peaks or more interesting things. Like when you have to climb the Argent Energy Tower and this kind of mm. huge feat of platforming. Mm. That's not much like the rest of the game. That's yeah. interesting when when you pick up a guy and smack his eye against a retinal scanner to open something. That's, you know, that's a memorable moment even though I know it's not kind of the halo set piece thing that he's mm. talking about. So there are some of these kind of more interesting differences. Um but honestly when it comes to it, like those set piece moments are usually fun the first time you play them, but what k- keeps me coming back to games is kind of the rock solid core gameplay. And Mm. the fact that Doom's all that, you know, I I don't have many complaints.
0: Funnily enough, you mentioned the platforming there. I was just thinking, uh, the game that, one of the the games, after things like Turok Dinosaur Hunter, where the 3D platforming was a bit comically, you know, pernickety and difficult. I actually played some of that recently, and it it didn't seem quite as bad as it did then i guess through familiarity but famously the game that first perhaps started to really nail first person 3d platforming was metroid prime i get to mention that one again and yep. they did this very clever thing retro where they tilt the camera down so that you can see where you're jumping from and whatever else i don't actually know uh i haven't really paid too much attention to how doom 2016 does it and there have been loads of games in between that have you know managed this perfectly well but there is actually quite a lot of first person platforming in in doom as you go through even during combat sequences you're doing quite a lot of double jumping and grappling and and parkour and all this kind of stuff but it's all it's so smooth and seamless there's yeah. the, the, i would say i've had the occasional death where i haven't gripped a platform or you know something but it's normally because i've got the angle wrong um or i've pressed the button the jump button too late or something like that and it's again it's just funny to see even this game's three years old but how far we've come compared to, you know, this was something that the industry initially, de- developers, designers, found incredibly hard to get right. And here it feels kind of just effortless.
2: The game does this interesting thing where everything looks so heavy yeah. and weighted Solid and, and yet your yeah. character is so light and controllable. Mm. that, But yet still does have a feel... sense
0: of heft to him, I would say. as Yeah, well as...
2: like in sound and, and yeah. sort of... Um momentum, the momentum in which you move is really, really good as well. But yeah. you feel light enough that you mm. know you can navigate around this world. So once you know that that's on the agenda and it's got a wonderful double jump, like it is really well-timed, um, mm. that for me really makes the platforming a, a, a truly viable element of this game.
0: Um, Sludge Wizard? from the forum says the first time i saw a gore nest i just rushed it and tore its pod out completely unaware of the literal hell that was about to rain down upon me a game that i couldn't imagine getting any crazier or more mental or more metal (laughs) instantly kicks everything up several levels as the air around you turns red and dozens of baddies are in a room that you were alone in seconds ago i'm always excited to see them and they're the most beer chugging chest pounding head banging moments in gaming Sludge uh also talking about the weapons and the feel of the weapons, obviously, an important thing uh, in a shoot 'em up, first person shooter, especially. Every weapon feels punchy, heavy, and mean, except for the plasma rifle and the chainsaw surpasses even the mighty Gears of War Lancer. Uh, any favourite weapons or modes? The weapons all have two uh, kind of separate sub modes as well, so that, I mean, really, although you have got how many weapons it is on your weapon wheel actually you can almost triple it because the the variety is such mm. um i i do find myself using and i'm sure this is by design the shotgun the most and i use the uh, the grenade launcher uh, as the my most used kind of sub weapon um but other than that uh the gauss gun uh, i find with the charged up beam yeah is is a pretty powerful thing um, but yes, everything's viable, I think. Um, and the system of getting upgrades by using weapons in and using modes is a good way of encouraging you to sort of vary your arsenal. It, it may be that I haven't even worked out some of the best weapons versus enemies combos. Uh, maybe some of you have.
2: The heavy assault rifle uh, with the scope um, is one I absolutely love. The Gauss rifle, absolutely. The chainsaw is so brutal in how quick and easy. It, it goes through enemies, I think, and really highlights it, but uh, I played quite a bit of the multiplayer, so I would say for me, I quite like the Vortex Rifle in the multiplayer, um, and the one I probably don't like is also the Lightning Gun in multiplayer, so and neither of which actually make the campaign, um, but yeah, obviously, the, the, Super Shotgun. I love it in single-player, hate it in multiplayer. Very, very, feels very, very different, but I would say... The one that's got me out of the most trouble would definitely be the gauss rifle with the bosses.
1: Yeah, I think um that that gauss rifle siege beam where you kind of like plant your feet and charge it up and then it will just go through anything is incredibly satisfying. I also love the uh the rocket launcher remote detonation because it has you doing that kind of like football level mental calculations of like not only am I running at this speed in this direction, but my rocket is going in this different direction at this speed. And then I'm going to like time when I blow it up, you know, based on where I know it will be. It just like it feels so good to kind of like perfectly explode it in the in a bunch of imps or whatever. Um I also love how the BFG works in this game, how you can kind of yes, it like the, the most effective way of using it is kind of threading a needle through a whole level because it's like every demon that has line of sight to it explodes and so if you can you know shoot it across a whole room you will just wipe out everything in one go and it feels amazing to get that like mm. perfect line
0: it gives you a little tutorial doesn't it when you first get the bfg it just walks you into a room that is full of kind of right. you know soft popcorn targets but it Basically says, yeah, you only need to fire this once, and and if the if the green orb of energy can see everything, everything dies.
3: Mm, I mean, it's it's basically the same way that it worked in the original games, I think. And then in this as well, if it hits something at the end, I think it explodes to do even more damage. Mm, yeah. So it's it's always been one of those iconic things, and I, I also really really enjoyed the the room where you get the BFG. That's like I think it's like double trapped with with two different traps that you've got to survive as you as you retrieve it. it 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 comes really late on in the game for what it is as well it's a good halfway through the game if not more uh, but i think for the main things that i enjoyed were i like the a lot of the weapons that you get quite early because you know just by just through the nature of having them early they're the ones that you're going to get the upgrades on first and unlock the extra things and then start putting the points into so my my kind of my two go-tos were the the plasma rifle with that um overcharge like explosion venting the energy thing Mm. and then the um the heavy assault rifle with the with the scope on it that could just headshot tons of the the lower level enemies from you know like meters and meters across a a huge room
0: and that's one that you power up by doing that 50 times in fact so yeah yeah same with the
3: plasma rifle yeah they've all got that thing at the end where they get their final upgrade through use of that um that power so it's it's like a it's same with all the runes do exactly the same thing yeah like you you get them as a bonus like this sucks in um uh pickups from a, a further distance away or lets you get uh, glory kills on enemies from further away and they'll do this like a thousand times and you're going to get a much more powerful version of it so everything's kind of the more you use a thing the better it gets you can see the
0: relationship between and the dna between machine games wolfenstein games for bethesda Mm -hmm. which obviously have oh yeah same lineage
1: the the super shotgun in particular with that upgrade tree goes from very good to easily the west best weapon in the game immediately because because you have you have one shot and Mm -hmm. then when you upgrade it you have two shots and it is double as effective and Mm -hmm. so you can just i mean it, it it chews through everything particularly given that you know you're always kind of running forward i always found myself within you know almost touching distance of demons you know you're just you're just blowing imps in half left and right and it is Mm. it is a great feeling
0: in a big spray of arterial goo (laughs) rich uncle skeleton says i know thumper was marketed as a rhythm violence game but i feel that description is just as apt for doom 2016 it never seems to lose the beat in its deployment of enemies or platforming challenges and rewards the player for figuring out the tempo of each encounter i thought that was beautifully put this game being a first person shooter in the modern world so i mean even the original doom kind of had boss fights at the end uh, with uh, demons that you'd never seen before the uh, the what was he called the uh, robot arachnid spider mind
3: spider spider mastermind spider master cyber demon. Mind. yeah whatever as in the uh, yeah. the two bosses that are in this one yeah exactly
0: one? yeah um yeah. female pheromones says the one thing about the game that actually doesn't sit well with me the cyber demon i'm still not entirely sold on the look of it but i could pretty pretty easily get past that if the actual battle with it wasn't so lazy and repetitive it fell into very old-fashioned boss battle territory where you would just have to learn the attack patterns and when to move and when to shoot at one point he brings walls up to either side so you are basically at opposite ends of a corridor and he throws three horizontal blades of yellow light at you. This wouldn't be so bad, but it's always the same. I got up to this and I kind of completely forgotten about the boss fights coming back to this game after a couple of years um, and the experience I had of coming back to the Cyber Demon was that the first time I played it he kind of murdered me and I was like I don't remember this then I went back and cleared out a bunch of stuff and did some more stuff on the earlier levels and then came back to him and I found that I'd effectively ground I'd effectively done in the RPG thing because I was now massively overpowered for him he couldn't touch me <laughs> um, even I mean I, you know I learned his pattern a bit obviously and avoided a lot of his hits but once you've got the life sucking grenade and some more powered up weapons and He actually wasn't so bad. Again, I'm only talking default difficulty here. Uh, The next boss fight against the Hell Knight Guards uh, was a little tougher, but I think I did it first time. Um, So, yeah, again, it's. I mean, as far as video games go, these aren't my least favorite boss fights, but I could have honestly just done with set pieces that were something else. I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: I'm not a fan of bosses in shooters at the best of times, I think all too often it changes the tempo of the game that we know and it, it breaks you out of that pattern of play that we've been programmed into um and if you can't use that against the enemies then it feels a little bit redundant um a perfect example would be uh halo 2 halo 5 um as two games that that did a really bad job with bosses right uh and it feels very much the same it doesn't feel as bad in this as you said, Leon. They're not the worst. Um, I didn't actually mind the fight against the cyber demon, but the other ones drove me mad. Um, just I didn't enjoy them. I didn't find them that difficult, but they weren't fun. And it, it in all of the combat across all of the game, it was the one um, consistency where I didn't enjoy myself playing the game, and it was the boss fights.
1: I feel like they have potential. I I think that that the the Hell Knights one or whatever, you know, the things that have the Worms controlling them, I think that's very close to a good fight because there is that interesting moment where you've been fighting one and and then you kill it and then two pop up. And most of the game, you've been learning how to like effectively manage multiple enemies at the same time. And right. so it's an interesting task to have two very powerful enemies that you have to kind of keep tabs on both their attacks. But they just, they do, I think, I think the damage they receive and the damage they give needs to be toned down a little because... The fights are pretty short if you know what you're doing. And if you don't know what you're doing, you die immediately. And so there's not much room to kind of like learn their patterns in the way that I think you would need to for it to be an actually satisfying fight.
0: So one of the things that is squirreled away in most of the levels is there are one or two uh, big stone tablets with a green glowing symbol on. Smash those and get involved in a rune trial. Complete the rune trial and you get another sub ability to add to your arsenal you have two or three slots depending on how many you've already unlocked and then you actually equip them and use them to end up with kind of permanent boosters uh, perks or power-ups um that's quite a, an involved sequence of things to do um the rune trials i find the the setting of them is, is a little dull but the actual doing yeah. the doing of them is quite compelling uh albeit occasionally frustrating but um, puzzle combat rooms again but with a slightly different tone
2: yeah mm, I remember, uh, go on John
0: uh, I
3: remember finding a few of them quite difficult when I was first playing and I'm not sure if they're they're actually affected by um, what difficulty setting you've got them on but I do remember having some trouble getting through the Often it will be uh, you've got to kill 30 enemies with this weapon and you've got a very, very limited timer and it ticks down and it increases a little bit when you get kills. Mm -hmm. So there's the the case of dodging the enemies while they're trying to attack you, killing them at the same time and almost going through like a maze of you're going to get like six that appear at the very beginning. Then the next six are going to appear around the corner, but it's not entirely certain where they are and they don't spawn until all the previous ones are gone. And you can run out of ammo at the same time. And some of them start you with literally like a hit points. You can't take any That's damage. Right. So it's it's kind of like a puzzle maze combat challenge all at the same time. And I mean, obviously the rewards and stuff that you get, the, the runes Worth are having. a complete game changer. Um, and then you upgrade them as as I previously mentioned by essentially just using them. Um, but I, I do remember finding a couple of them that I sort of bashed off uh, 15-20 minutes doing them over and over yeah. and over, trying to get them done. Uh, there's some interesting platforming ones in there as well. There's one in particular I remember where you just run down kind of a corridor with enemies, oh, it's it's like two corridors with a a pit between. Yes, them, double and Enemies appearing. The yeah. yeah, they kind of come on each one. You've got to jump back and forwards across them to get them all. So they, I mean, they were interesting enough, but didn't the actual what they were making you do wasn't as interesting as um as the rewards
0: from them. So we've mentioned it in passing. Uh, some uh, some of us have only ever played on the default difficulty. Actually, I say that I have actually had a little play on some of the higher settings to see uh, and struggled initially, at least. Um, I think there is this game, no matter what setting you play it on, has a slightly inverse difficulty curve because it, because of all those subsystems and RPG elements that we're talking about, you actually become more powerful as the game goes on and arguably to the point where uh, you're starting to overpower even the biggest, scariest enemies later on. But I just wondered, from those who have attempted the game at the higher settings, how much it changes the moment-to-moment experience, and um, what differences it actually makes. Does it change enemy AI at all, or, or is it all about uh, violence and damage? Well, Violence? I didn't mean that. <laughs> anyway, you know what I mean.
1: Um, yeah, so so as someone who, who almost exclusively plays on Nightmare now, because I just like how it feels it does significantly change the ai and and one of the really cool things that's in a gdc talk about this is they reference this kind of token system that they have for the enemies where each each enemy requires a kind of like a token to perform an attack and they have this invisible system where If an imp wants to throw a fireball at you, it has to request it from from this kind of, like, cache of tokens, and if it gets it, then it can throw the fireball at you. But if other enemies are attacking you at the time, there might not be a token to give, and so then it won't attack you. And so on normal settings, there aren't that many tokens and so you'll only have two or three you know demons attacking you at a time and then as you go up it really kind of like naturally ramps up the difficulty because there are just more tokens available for these demons to be attacking you and so then on the on the highest settings Mm. on nightmare there are effectively unlimited tokens and so everything is throwing attacks at you all the time but it provides this really smooth curve up where it doesn't feel it's not that the same attacks will suddenly one shot you though they weren't before although things do do more damage but like more so it's just kind of you have to be on your toes because everything is being thrown at you in a way that you don't on the easier difficulty settings and i just think that's such a cool way of doing it and it makes all the enemies seem like kind of rats in a science experiment which i also find very entertaining
0: that is clever it makes me think of the resident evil 4 under the hood stuff Mm -hmm, exactly that sounds encouraging actually it sounds more like something i'd like to play now i understand more about how it works rather than it's just the typical they hurt you more you have less health kind of thing that that sounds more like it and again it it plays into what i understand about the arcade mode as well in that respect interesting Gola from the forum says, I have a habit of clenching my jaw with sheer resolve and concentration when I play a particularly challenging section of a game. When I finally overcome the challenge, I'm not only elated to feel like a verified hardcore badass, I'm also relieved that I can release my clenched jaw. Constructed exclusively from those challenging sections, my playthrough of Doom on ultraviolence gave me a permanent and painful case of lockjaw. As Doom Guy pirouetted through the air like a Catherine wheel of rockets and buckshot, I ground my teeth into powder. I've never had such a facial facial workout from a game. I now have jaw muscles like Doomguy's shoulder pads. At all times exhilarating, I always felt on the very edge of certain peril. This game is about taking impulsive suicidal risks and then paying off massively. It's about perfectly choreographing a gruesome series of gunshots and melee kills to stay alive. Doom very successfully takes the purest video game concept any 90s action junkie could only dream of and makes it a reality in the modern era an absolute jaw-breaking triumph i just wanted to mention doom guys we've talked about collecting secrets and going back through the levels i saw some people say that they didn't like the little toy doom guys because they thought they were goofy and didn't fit the setting
2: that was in feedback for wolfenstein too, right oh, was it? i think that was okay. i think that's where we saw it was feedback i've seen it elsewhere for a, a as well sure
0: and I respect it, and I understand it it is a bit of a juxtaposition, but personally, I love those little plastic doom guys <laughs>
3: so cute. <laughs> this game is a juxtaposition. the whole thing is a juxtaposition of like comedy and ridiculously over the top violence. Yeah, the little one you find like, of yourself
1: when you give them a fist, fist bump, bump and <laughs> yeah love that has I love that, it's, that it's stupid,
2: an, uh, but I love that's the one with a unique animation is the one that's you yeah mm-hmm.
0: yeah. So they're in there and they play a little tinny sample of the original Doom music as well. Uh, there's there's, There's one or two on most levels. Archies from the forum says, Doom is a game that shouldn't appeal to me. I like a good first person shooter here and there. Halo, Destiny, the Metro series. But the Doom 2016 reboot came off as just too edgy and aggro. While I enjoy playing the original Doom, the whole death metal and satanic imagery on display in the reboot was just not my cup of tea. But After trying out the demo on my Xbox One in 2017, I found myself amazed at the gameplay, art style and overall balance between shooting and movement. I picked it up a short while later for $20 and blew through the game in a few months. Doom 2016 is incredible to me because it is a modern game with a decidedly retro feel and structure, appearing almost antithetical to our modern sensibilities on how FPS games should be. Levels have clear beginnings and ends, shooting is fast, reloading is absent And you can carry a whole arsenal of weapons it plays more like an arcade game arcade game with doom guys fast movement and the way in which you can level down enemies using not just your bullets but glory kills as well it's awesome seeing a reboot retain the fundamentals of what made the original incarnation great while layering on enough new elements to keep it engaging somebody actually got something out of the demo there you go (laughs) it was worth it If it and as long as it didn't put off twenty times as many people, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Arcade mode, according to Jeffrey Mattylef in Eurogamer, arcade mode may be the best free update to a game since Spelunky's daily challenges or Shovel Knight's remixed Plague of Shadows campaign. So I played some of this. I'll be handing over to Jacob because he's played (laughs) a lot more. Uh, I've played some of this. I thought it was great. Uh, it reminded me very much of both Resident Evil Four's mercenaries mode, and also Nex Machina. It's that kind of. Yeah. It's the sort of high score chasing that some players will find frustrating because it is so hinged on knowing, keeping your combo going, knowing knowing where to go next and what to do next. That it demands a very specific kind of way of playing i think um but i find the exploding rooms full of enemies and getting huge golden numbers flying up in the air deeply satisfying however i haven't committed myself to it in the same way that jacob has right well i love actually that comparison of the the mercenaries and
1: ex machina is great just because those are my other two favorite score chasing modes so it, <laughs> it makes sense it that i would like you. this but yeah so what what arcade mode is is basically trying to keep a multiplier up by killing enemies and killing enemies in specific ways either glory kills or headshots or you know direct impacts with rockets and and chaining them all into a flow across the entire map and what i love about arcade mode is you don't or at least i don't play differently than i play the main game it just amps up that kind of gameplay, you know, even higher because the most effective way of getting points is to be constantly cycling through weapons and doing all these different combinations of things to you know, to to link together these awards that you can get. And it just like absolutely is the pinnacle of that flow state that we've all talked about being the the best moments of this game. Uh, And in, in addition, It is just the best way to replay this game, period, in my opinion, because arcade mode skips all of the things that aren't gameplay. You know, you don't have any waiting in a room while someone talks at you. They add jump pads to kind of, like, slower platforming sections, so Mm. you're just kind of catapulting over what you've done before. There are no bosses. You have the upgrades to all the weapons already, and so it is just giving yourself the best tools and and then challenging yourself to get kind of the most flawless run and if if i can pat myself on the back for a minute i'm very good at this i have i have scores in like the low hundreds on the ultra nightmare levels of of everyone in the world and i could just play it forever it does really feel like the mercenaries where even my most perfect round there's something that I could have done better and could yeah. have kind of like returned to and I think just one more round and I can really nail it. It's the best. It's just the best.
0: <laughs> he loved it. It may not be for everyone, <laughs> but if you get into it, it's likely to bite in a big way. I guess maybe like the multiplayer. So I didn't really realize, you you fellows were talking about this earlier, saying how much the game had been advertised on its multiplayer or previewed yeah. on its multiplayer. and. I guess because I was so blissfully unaware of that I was so bemused by the prominence of multiplayer on the menus and in the DLC I've literally never played it I've I've not looked at it um I, I, nothing against it just not my thing just not what I was looking for out of it but um I know you uh, Carl and John you've played some of this
3: yeah I was I was actually surprised because I went into into the game initially as I said in my introduction quite put off by the fact that the marketing beforehand had been quite heavy on the multiplayer and i just didn't think i'd care in the yeah. slightest about it um but i think before i even tried the the single player campaign or you know before i'd gotten very far into it i went and i had a look at the other modes and i tried the multiplayer and the snap map and arcade mode at that point wasn't a wasn't a thing um but the the multiplayer actually surprised me with how much i enjoyed what at the time probably nine months or so maybe a year after it had come out was fairly well populated with people it was a fairly solid like deathmatch and sort of domination king of the hill few three or four different uh very very straightforward multiplayer modes um and it, it felt an awful lot like when i was playing like the halo 3 multiplayer um i guess 10 years beforehand um and it just for whatever reason that that with the the influence of the power-ups and actually having um like health and armor and stuff instead of being you know uh regenerating health kind of ducking behind cover and running away from people it felt more like what i remembered from playing old multiplayer games when i did used to play them Uh, and i put a surprising amount of time into it and at some point i think i think maybe a year to 18 months after the game first released they, they overhauled the multiplayer system and they'd previously added in two or three uh, packs which were, I think they'd been basically like cosmetic type stuff, like weapons. And um, it's got all these sort of emblems and what you'd expect out of like a, a sort of a Call of Duty game, which they have eventually made it more like that. It's now more about uh, leveling up and uh, unlocking uh, emotes and stuff as you level and they were all absolutely ridiculous and you, you make a character not that dissimilar to how you would have made a, a sort of a unique master chief in one of those old games and you sort of slap dash put different bits of shoulder pads and mm-hmm. you can get gun skins and all of this I'm I'm going to say crap that uh, games like call of duty have now been doing for probably the last 10 years that I've never cared about yeah. but because it it had the more core gameplay to it um I kind of I got I got into it at the start of playing the game and I must have put probably 20 or 30 hours in especially when they started adding things like um there's now challenges through the uh, through each um, each game will have like a, a sort of best players and scores and things that you can get in them and there's a lot of gameplay modes now where you get to play at a certain point you'll get a pickup that allows you to turn into one of the demons and you get to pick which demon you turn into out of a list of about six of them that all have very different uh, abilities that you, you obviously see them when they're the AI and the single player and for, I don't know why it was for whatever reason that Thing that's never really stuck with me like seeing that progression like levels going up and oh, if, if I get to like the next level 45 up here I'm going to unlock the like the heavy heavy duty assault rifle and then I can use that that appealed to me in a way that it hasn't done with with any other games so mm. it, yeah I was I was really surprised especially still populated my initial mm, ask Carl, Carl. <laughs> it's been a while since I've been on it <laughs> I'm guessing probably not
2: so when the game first came out, I did jump into multiplayer and I didn't click with it. And then um, former guest on the show, Andy Hamilton, sent me an invite and I went in and I played with him and a couple of his friends. Mm-hmm. And we actually had a really good laugh. Um, and and that was dead. You know, it was it was really enjoyable, laid back. I kind of enjoyed the how basic it is almost. It's very yeah. bare bones in a very strange way. Yeah. And then I never went back to it. And then, <laughs> which seems a strange thing to say. Uh, and then, when I was getting ready for the podcast, I did. Yeah. Uh, I, I played it on the Xbox One. There was, it's not hugely populated. You pretty much have to go into the team-based modes for right. team deathmatch, mm-hmm. soul harvest, and such. Um, but what it does a couple of things that I do like. One is it's um, it it it's progression that when you you know quote unquote prestige or whatever you want to call it in a game, you don't lose everything you've unlocked you just go to the next tier. Um, every, you go from level one to 50, and then you re-up and one to 50, and every level is 5,000 XP. So that never changes. So you already know where you're going. And generally, you'll get about 7,500 to 20,000 XP a game, depending on how well you play. So it's quite quick. I mean, I've I've done a whole level up in a night. Well, in a yeah, in a night. And I enjoyed that. But many people who know how I play games, I like games where you don't have to think um, that you can just sort of switch off and I'll have a second TV and I'll be playing on that and watching TV on the other. So Forza, probably why I play so much Forza driving games and do multiplayer has fell into that category where I can just switch off and play it and watch TV at the same time. And it's been really, really enjoyable. The only thing that I don't like about it is the characters are so <laughs> boring to look at. Yeah. it's 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 really, it's not pretty. It's all a bunch of, variants of Doom guys with equally mm. ugly aesthetics to them um, oh. and a range of colours. I just feel like there's in a world that's populated by so many other great games, that is the area that lets it down. And it, it's not a, 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 a real skilled shooter online in the same way that Quake Champions is. No. Or it's not a skill team-based game like Overwatch or anything like that. It's very much... Doom 94 in 2016 sure. with yeah. that kind of stuff but it's interesting to see that it has weapons that are so different from the ones in the single player like the combat shotgun you hold right click it actually fires out a loose grenade that does i think it's 40 damage um right. if it hits regardless of range it has a lightning gun it has a vortex rifle um and it 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 plays well but it's it's simplistic but it's fun enough but it should never have yeah. been the leading element of the advertising Sounds almost to separate game.
0: in a way and i'm su- sort of surprised yeah. given the competition i can completely understand that there are people out there who want a throwback first person sh- multiplayer shooter yeah. because the modern ones have got too complicated or aesthetics based or whatever in this incredibly co- you know competitive market now with apex legends and fortnite and goodness knows what else i'm kind of surprised they haven't just chucked this out as a free-to-play thing at this point it, it
2: maybe should have been and I, it, there's not a huge amount of depth to the game, so I mm. think probably the the best way that I could put it is if you actually look at the, the heads of production for the game. You know, um, in the main game, you have Marty Stratton, who's always been linked with id for, like, countless years, um, has been involved in so many projects. Uh, Snap Map was led by Kevin Cloud, who was heavily involved way back um, on sort of it's like the the '90s with Doom in, originally on Doom as an artist, um, came through Hexen, Quake, Doom 64, etc. Has always been involved in that franchise, knows its legacy, and then you've got the multiplayer was led by Brad Bramlett, whose first production credit was Doom Three BFG Edition, and it's a bit like where's the legacy to the multiplayer mm. because the single player and the snap map really have that care and craft, mm. and it almost. Looks, and it's not a knock to Brad Bramlett's obviously ability to be a lead producer. Mm, sure. But that is the area that, as much as I enjoy it, is lacking the quality of the other two areas. For sure, it feels the thing that's tacked on the most. It just seems strange that the game seemed to almost be advertised as that prior to, prior to yeah. launch and as much as i enjoy it i can equally understand why lots of people really wouldn't like the multiplayer
0: the baboon baron from the forum enjoyed it i love the multiplayer because that too was a blast from the past no longer did i have to contend with eight-year-olds who were better than me because of in-app purchases or had grinded for hours for the best armor the playing field was level again just like in unreal quake and half-life except this time we didn't use a dial-up modem and i didn't spill vimto on my brother's computer <laughs> Uh, Briefly on Snapmap, then. So, this is a kind of creator level sharing tool. Uh, I always think that the best way to engage with these, if you're interested, if you're not a creative Titan, we know we've discussed before things like Little Big Planet. People who make stuff for these things are in the absolute tiny minority. Thank goodness they exist, but for most people, it will be about delving into levels. I think the best way to enjoy these modes normally, either if you've just got a free afternoon and just want to dive around but i always find you can end up wasting a lot of time with rubbish in that so i always like to go to google (laughs) it's a website and um sort of search for like best snap map maps you know best levels made in snap map and stuff like that and then play through some of the recommended ones that other people have already gone through i don't know if the game has a a, a, like an in-game select the best quality ones the ones that have been highly rated but okay um anyone spent much time with these? I, I believe there's some levels that have considered quite you know yeah, quite well done.
2: Um I have spent a bit of time with this and some of the experiences uh, that I've ex- like have enjoyed are so vastly different from each other. I've played a Doom quiz where you choose a left door or a right door, it asks you a question and it gives you it's basically multiple choice and you've got Clever. 15 seconds to make your decision. Right. And if you choose the wrong door, you get a baron of hell locked into a tiny room with you and you've got no guns. Nice. Um I've played one where someone's created a keyboard that you can play in co-op with uh, up to three other friends, and you can all. You've got like a drum mix that you could play a consistent beat, and then you've got like the piano, and you've got like symbols and stuff that you can. <laughs> you'll all be jumping around this level, making this incredible, like I say, incredible music. But the fact is, you can actually make music. Yes. Um, I played one that was you. You came in, and it was a detective-based story that a crime had happened, and a demon would come up, and it was all subtitled, and you'd talk, and you'd you. would to a crime scene and you'd have to find the evidence and it was ongoing like night Phoenix, by right night. yeah, and you're trying to get the thing and it, it was more like Heavy Rain but obviously the writing was better And <laughs> um, you know the, the fact that people can create these experiences is incredible, you've got obviously just the standard kill rooms, you've got people that have remade um, the original maps from original Doom in the new style and like there's also a full tutorial to learn it which I think is quite Important is that you've got a basic tutorial and an advanced tutorial, and you very quickly learn that you can create some amazing things like trigger systems and um, loot drops and um, d- different art styles and you know um, active on commands. And it, it really is kind of mind-blowing. It's like a mini toolbox for Unity where you've already got everything um, that mm. I've played with in the past. And to see some of these things that people take the time and effort yeah. to create is actually mind-blowing. Oh, it's it is the same it? way when you see yeah, when you see the top quality um, little big planet stuff or yeah. what we're going to see from Dreams. Oh, yeah. like Some of the quality that is in there in Snap Map is so worth checking out. I genuinely cannot recommend it enough. It's just a ship. It takes so long to load.
3: <laughs> I mean, in the same way that the original games uh, had their wards that People went and made absolutely outstanding creations of levels and uh, full conversion things that were arguably better than any any of the levels that are in the in the main game. Um, I've played some absolutely fantastic things here that are what like what you're saying about the arcade mode. Brit, you know, obviously you don't have a storyline with cutscenes and stuff, but just sequences of combat arenas and uh little set pieces things that people have built sort of cathedrals and things that you fight through and stuff uh it it works in a way that uh, well the the main game feels like it doesn't because it tries to do more than just being entirely a, a sort of a, a very low story combat shooter someone someone in one of the comments earlier mentioned dismissively like if you don't like the the sort of the head bangingness and the gore in this why don't you go and play stardew valley instead well funnily enough i've played a stardew valley <laughs> like animal crossing style snap map thing where there was a demon in a little shop that you bought things from and then you could like grow and water plants um, no and stuff. way it's ridiculous that is crazy yeah yeah yeah. yeah it's, it's so yeah, stupid
2: yeah i played a level um that remember singularity the game where yes uh, and there was you know uh, and titanfall did a uh, titanfall 2 did a great job of a level where time would go forwards and backwards mm. in the same environment same thing someone had created in SnapMap with a whole story with mm. voice acting and everything mm. involved in it as you as you go through it. And these aren't just, like, three-room creations. These are, like, genuinely big, yeah. like, single... Well, not not necessarily even single-player. Some are co-op, some are deathmatch. Some are just daft around things like quizzes and music creators. There is a lot of variety and, thankfully, a lot of incredibly talented people that put a lot of time into it.
0: Absolutely. If, I guess what we should say is if you have Game Pass in particular you can try all this for free you don't yeah i mean you know for your game pass fee it's yeah. there you can just go and check it all out a couple it's of easter it's a
2: very different experience so you should
0: yeah exactly yeah that's what i'm thinking even if you're not necessarily into the idea of a doom reboot you might be interested in levels created in in the builder a couple of easter eggs to look out for after the first battle with the baron of hell a shallow cave becomes accessible inside leaning up against a pillar is a corpse with a horned helmet and an arrow in its right knee. <laughs> an obvious nod to Skyrim. There's also a Terminator 2 Judgment Day Easter egg, which I did find yes. out by by myself, uh, as many people will, just jump into some lava <laughs> <laughs> and uh, see what happens. There's also a Pinball FX Doom 2016 table as part of the Bethesda pack. If you're into Pinball FX, that's another. I think it's a free client these days. Uh, you can buy a pack of tables i think there's a skyrim table in it as well in that pack and one other uh, fallout possibly I can't remember what the other anyway um but it features some exclusive uh voice acting and uh sound design specifically for the game so if you like a bit of pinball and you like a bit of doom <laughs> you can play doom pinball some concluding thoughts from some more contributors from the forum clipper says uh these are starting with some we did we know we've been quite full of praise for doom between the panel but as always we like to uh, hear from others as well if we have them and in this case clipper says the campaign took a long time to get going and it was far too easy i had to restart and crank the difficulty up to nightmare before it started feeling like a challenge and there were only a couple of moments in the whole campaign where there were enough enemies knocking about for it to feel fun and exciting those brief moments where everything was flowing where you bounced around shooting nasties was great but they were short lived and spaced out between lots of downtime. Lots of unskippable dialogue where you couldn't bits where you couldn't do anything but sit through some boring waffle. Those annoying melee kill <laughs> animations as well. I liked the perk where you could speed those up, but they still really ruined the flow of the combat. It needed to be faster and more fluid, less traipsing around with no monsters to kill, more big arena battles. There you go. Nupraptor said i had a good time playing through doom 2016 and it pushed at least a few of my gnarled and rusted nostalgia buttons but the more cerebral rpg shooters like prey 2017 are more my cup of tea now and i probably won't be coming back to it matt l says despite the dna of doom 1993 showing itself loud and proud in the artwork and the attitude i felt that the level design and the tacked on rpg light upgrade systems of modern fps's Twisted and tweaked a few too many chromosomes along the way. Doom 2016 will never replace Doom 1993, but it honours and respects its spirit. Now into the more positive stuff. Sludge Wizard says, Doom is, simply put, the most heavy metal game I've ever played. Each level is like playing through the cover of a different Slayer album, unapologetic in its aggression, violence, evil and retro cheese. The game does have a few faults. The boss battles are easily the weakest parts of the game. The multiplayer modes are irrelevant at best, sorry guys, and I do get lost in the foundry every single time I play, but these complaints are not enough to make Doom 2016 feel anything feel like anything but a game that was made specifically for me, and it's my favourite shooter of all time. Mechner says, Doom 2016 was a welcome breath of fresh air in the first person shooter genre. It captures and builds on the original, all while being its own thing. I am so glad it did not have regenerating health. Beautifully fast and gorgeously gory. The world building was fabulous and the pseudo retcon reboot style narrative elements had me digging deeper into the lore than I thought I would have. Dusk vs Tweak says I never once was bored with Doom and I wanted to start it all over again as soon as the credits rolled. This game is so shark-like in its focus to keep moving, to keep feeding it can't help but become the new apex predator of first-person shooters. And finally, The Baboon Baron says, One of my favourite FPS's ever, and one of my favourite games ever. Escapism at its finest, I found Doom 2016 to be wonderfully silly, and a joy from beginning to end. Never taking itself too seriously, only made me want to love and defend it more, because at the end of the day, a Doom Slayer, fighting the demons of hell with a chainsaw, is just gloriously, unashamedly bonkers. Thank you, everybody. We also have a decent gore full of three-word reviews from Twitter.
1: So, Busca Lily says, Doom
2: Guy for Pope. Uh,
3: David Tibble says, Reboot done
0: right.
2: Nick Turner says, Vicious, brutal, exhilarating.
0: Smeg in the Head says, Glorious, gory action... Richard Burt says, spelled
3: out, B-F-G. Andrew Elmore says, kinetic player expression.
2: Outsider says, punch every time.
0: Hands in the jam says, intense crunching soundtrack.
1: Sean's taco says, delightful metal roller coaster.
0: Ralph Durso says, metal as hell.
2: My pet Roxy, chainsaw as instrument.
0: Kurt Lewin says, crash bang wallop. And Bearfish Pie says, so very doom. It certainly is. We won't explain what that's all about. Sadly, we won't have time to talk really about Doom Eternal, but um, I guess you can tell from our roundups, we, we might even mention it again, but I guess we're all probably looking forward to it. However, let us uh, conclude and say whether we'd recommend playing this game or not. Let's start with John. <laughs> Do I need to
3: explain? Um, not really. I uh, can be brief. <laughs> yeah, no. I I think uh, I think it's probably pretty obvious that I ended up enjoying each different uh, section of this, each of the three factors of the game, despite being a bit heavily put off by the multiplayer aspect there uh, previous to, to the launch. Um, I think the the single player campaign is incredibly solid. Like it's not particularly long if you want to blast through it. It's got a lot of just very exhilarating, very um, sort of letting off energy style combat that if you if you did play the original games and you have the sort of reverence for them like I did when I was a, a fairly young child, I think you'll find a lot of the same feelings here. Like it's, in my mind, it's essentially the same game just with a 25 year new coat of paint slapped on it. Um, and... Give the multiplayer and the snap map stuff a chance if if you haven't and would dismiss them offhand because there's surprisingly a lot more to see there than than you might expect. But even if nothing else, this is a campaign that if you like shooters and you've played the Doom games before, you definitely owe it to yourself to play through it.
0: Thanks, John. I echo John's sentiments. Although I have very, very limited experience with uh, snap map and none with the multiplayer, I'd recommend this purely as a single player game uh, just to play through the campaign. It's very rare that I play through a game more than once these days, just because we have so many games to play through, so many amazing games still on my backlog and games for the show. But I've thoroughly enjoyed going back to this I've already completed it once. I've been back to it already for bits and bobs and extras. Been back to it again through this time for the show, getting extra bits and bobs again. the arcade mode in itself, I think, could potentially, as Jacob has found, give you uh, many, many, many more hours of entertainment, especially if you have that bug for games where it's all about learning the system so deeply and keeping your multiplier up. But really, for me, this game is just, uh, yeah, it's just an out and out blast. It's pure fun. The, the sort of the egg, aggro metal edge is very much softened and made into something more appealing to me by the innate humor that the game has. and while it doesn't offer the same sort of level of variety and tactical sophistication as a shooter like say uh, Halo Reach or something like that it gives something else this is more like in the same way that you know people used to say Doom was effectively you know Pac-Man or 3D Monster Maze brought up to date for those times uh, this is reminds me of something like RoboTron brought up to date for 2019 in that it's a, a fairly pure completely intense uh shoot 'em up challenge um, a blaster and a blast and yeah i i mean if you have game pass and you haven't played this just download it and give it a go probably beyond the first couple of levels wait until you've started kind of getting the power-ups together and um seeing what the game has to offer at least wait until the bfg division kicks in carl
2: I genuinely feel like they couldn't have done a better job of maintaining the DNA of the original Doom games from Doom and Doom 2 into a modern style shooter. You know, the the DNA is undoubtedly there. There's so many little reference points and markers that you know where you didn't where Doom 3 was a follow on. You know that this is definitely a follow on after Doom 2 and yet, there's so many little modern tweaks and quality of life changes and on top of that there's the pure unadulterated rush and adrenaline of the combat the additional snap map and multiplayer and you know as Jacob loves the arcade mode something that I didn't necessarily click with but I do agree that if I was going back to play just the levels that is undoubtedly the way to do it and there's a strange humour in this game as well throughout that did have me laughing at the, at the odd period of time, and that is actually quite rare in games. It's very, very dry. Um, there is a story there to enjoy. And most importantly, the game is just fun. And It also has a really cool credit sequence at the mm. end, so <laughs> it's worth seeing it all the way through just to see the credits. But given that this game is on Game Pass on Xbox, it's probably really cheap. It follows on from the, quite honestly, sensational lineage of uh, Bethesda-produced uh, shooting games that they've had over recent years. Um, slots in very nicely amongst the likes of Dishonored and Prey and Quake Champions. Um, yeah, it it's equally like Doom 93 and also equally not like anything else that you're going to play right now in a modern shooter environment. Mm. And I think that for that, I cannot recommend it enough.
0: Delightful. Let's conclude with Jacob.
1: You know, it wasn't until you, Leon, said that it kind of reminded you of the Mercenaries, this arcade mode, that I really connected Resident Evil 4 and Doom in my head. (laughs) But I think there is a real, at least for me, a, a real connection there of... Games that have just absolutely brilliant moment-to-moment gameplay that is the result of just hundreds of design decisions. You know, this mm. this game is it's, it's just like a class on how to kind of make a game and keep a player engaged. And I really, really encourage people to watch the GDC talks on this game. I know sometimes they can be a little dry, but just finding out how many things they considered in the player experience, it really makes you you know have a respect for for how hard of a job it is to create this kind of flow state and what a good job they did with it. I think that that the 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 kind of second to second minute to minute shooting of doom is about as satisfying as any first person shooter I can remember. and like Resident Evil 4. I play through this game probably once a year, just because of like how fun it is to control. Uh, so yeah, I, I can't I can't give it a higher recommendation. I can't wait for Doom Eternal. I think that the the chops that they've shown have just have just really displayed why they made the most influential first person shooter of all time in 1993, and and incredibly that they've still got it.
0: They've still got it. What a great way to finish. So it remains for me, Leon, to thank Jacob, John, and Carl, as well as our correspondents, Editor Jay, and to all of you for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and all the others that we produce, please remember to subscribe, review, or rate, or all of those things. And best of all, support us with a dollar a month or more if you want. Patreon.com slash and get every CanaRinse podcast a week earlier, often extended beyond the two hours for the free version and an exclusive monthly podcast, we thank you for that. Next time, in issue 368, the Cana Rintz crew play the Joker and our Persona 5 podcast.